15 million of us are currently hiding a credit card or bank account from our significant other. Does that always mean that there's financial infidelity going on though? When does a financial white lie or an omission become something that could destroy your relationship? That's what we're talking about in today's episode. Welcome to the Wallet Win Podcast. Each week we take a look at a different piece of the personal finance puzzle. I'm Jonathan Texera. And I'm Amanda Texera. We're your guides on your journey to getting out of debt, building wealth, and changing the world through generosity. Here we go. First up, we wanted to tell you guys that today's episode is actually sponsored by an upcoming beta program that we are going to be running. One of the number one things we've had people ask us is, do you have anything for engaged couples or for newlyweds just wanting to focus on getting on that same financial page? Well, we've had the whole kit and caboodle, but we haven't had anything exclusively just for that one tiny step, getting on the same page early in your relationship until now. Mm-hmm. So we're running that beta course. We're testing it out. We're, we're, we want you to be a part of it. So there's a link in the show notes or go to walletwin.com slash same page to apply to be in the beta program. Yep. We'll see you in there. You'll help us figure out what we're going to include in the course, what's going to make in, in the final cut, and you're going to be on the cutting edge. I think I've just said cut three times. Ouch. <laughs> You're going to be on the cutting edge of what we are going to create exactly for helping people get on that same page at a super critical part in their relationship. Mm -hmm. Again, that's a link in the show notes or walletone.com slash same page to apply for the beta program. Yep. All right. So let's dive into what we're talking about today. So we've had a lot of couples come to us deep in financial standoffs. I think we've all... We can all relate to yeah, that at some point in our lives, right? We all have a couple bruises lives, right? from those, I think. Um, but particularly, they've come to us because one spouse has found out about a secret spending um, or maybe money lost in like a risky investment, unbeknownst to the other. And it's really hard to cross through an impasse like that when trust has been broken. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, you might be thinking, whoa, guys, like those are really like a ri- risky investment, losing everything. That's kind of extreme. I just grab stuff at Target or run through Starbucks and I just wink, wink, don't tell my spouse about it. (laughs) Uh, Or I hide the bag under the bed because I think that they'd freak, right? That's not financial infidelity, is it? Or is it? Mm. (laughs) So what is financial infidelity? Well, I'm just going to leave it to somebody else. Wikipedia, on that article for it, it says, financial infidelity is the act of spending money, processing credit and credit cards, holding secret accounts or stashes of money, borrowing money, otherwise incurring debt without the knowledge of your spouse, partner, or significant other, the person right. who probably should know about it. Right. And it's not just carrying debt without knowledge of it. It's it's spending mm-hmm. without their knowledge too. So not, not just like, oh, uh, should we get this type of bread, that type of bread, should I get the 2% or the whole milk? Like, Don't call your spouse when you're thinking about that. Hmm. Sometimes Jonathan likes to call me at the store I might, I might make a lot of calls <laughs> when I'm at the store. But it's not, just, just... it's not simply that. It's spending money without the knowledge of, uh, of your spouse on those items that you should be talking about. The right. stuff that you are hiding. If you're thinking, you know, I, I'm not going to tell them about this. They don't even That's know probably it. something you need to be telling them about. Right. You wouldn't think to tell them about the brand of toothpaste you bought. No. But if there's something that flags in you of like, I'm just going to kind of throw that receipt out. 
I'm going to make sure maybe they don't see this one. That Yeep. right there is what would qualify as something mm-hmm. that would fall in financial infidelity. That's right. So let's dive into talking about what are some examples of this. Yeah, and first you might say, wait, guys, I've got a reason to hide things. I've got a reason to be a little sneaky because I want to do something nice for my spouse. I want to surprise them. I want to give them a gift. Well, okay. I'm sure you're not doing it all that much. And like once or twice a year for an anniversary or a birthday. Yeah. I mean, right? And doing that, finding the ways, setting up the systems so you can be hiding money, hiding transactions is a bad spot to find yourself in because it's that much easier then to move forward and go, you know what, I hit it for that thing. I could probably hide this other thing in there. Not that it would always lead to that. No, but it just opens that door wide open into, hey, you can do this. But can you still give surprises to your spouse without them necessarily knowing? Absolutely. Absolutely. So let's talk about how you do that. Because I think there are some people out there who are like, I, I don't want to hear this because I want to get surprises for them and have them not know about it. Mm-hmm. So how what are those workarounds in order to do it in a way that's not going to be setting up some sneaky account or a secret, secret credit card? Sure. Well, one way is just, hey... A number of those times, right, you, you don't want somebody to like know the details of something, but they probably know something's coming, right? It's an anniversary. It's a birthday. It's some other special date. So just put it in the budget anyway. Just say, hey, babe, you've got a birthday coming up. I'd like to get you something, but I want to kind of keep a little bit of a secret to surprise you, so I'm going to use cash, so I'm going to be taking out 50 bucks of cash or whatever, 100 bucks of cash. $100, even $1,000. if you <laughs> Whatever agree, it is. If you can agree on it, then they and don't then, necessarily and then know the go, Oh, it's for my birthday? I don't know the zero, honey. <laughs> <laughs> but you could agree on it in advance, and then the other spouse can take out cash. You might not necessarily, maybe you don't even say it's going to be for your birthday. You just say, I want to surprise you at some point in the next year, mm-hmm. and I have an idea, and it's going to cost about this. And you don't give any other details. Yep. So that's not going to spoil or ruin it, right? Mm-hmm. Like you could still, in theory, take a surprise trip even, mm-hmm. even though that's probably more of the rarity. Another workaround that you could use is having a family member buy it. Oh, yeah. And then just writing a check or doing like a Venmo to the family member as soon as you've now revealed the surprise yep. to the person you're giving the surprise to. Mm-hmm. Um, or even you, like... I mean, you, we, you've done this one. We've done this that. one. Right? We get it's a, it's a gift or some sort of a surprise. We have, yeah, like, like usually because they're in town, your parents mm-hmm. will pay for it. So, right, it's, it's not seen. And then... Yeah, hey, here's a surprise, and then you just boop, 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 send the money over. So it's easy. Right. Yeah, super easy. Also, you could print out, like, the person could open a big box, and inside of it could be a picture of the item that you mm-hmm. haven't bought yet, but you know you're going to. Sure, sure. So this that one, like, you thing. essentially aren't buying the thing yet, so it doesn't show up financially. Right. Because you haven't made that transaction. So it's like, hey, here's the thing. Let's go get it at the store, or let's yeah. order, because I didn't exactly know which one you wanted anyway. So that's a good mm-hmm. way to help with that problem too what's important with all of these is they're always able to be tracked and reconciled and see what's going on with the money whether it's you're paying back you know a friend or a family member or you're buying the thing later or you take out cash like you're always tracking that right it can make yeah i took out 
uh, you know, $500 for this this big gift, and then I spent, you can see later, oh yeah, and I spent $480 on it, and here's the $20 going right back into yep. the budget to be used on whatever else it needs to be used on. Yep. So in all of these, there's always that trail of what happened with the money, so nobody's ever left guessing. And right. not because like, you need the accountability and I don't trust you, but just it's just simple record keeping. You can always look back and see what happened with the cash. Yep. Exactly. And a few years ago, I actually surprised Jonathan on a trip to Las Vegas for his birthday. And I had my mom buy the flights. And the plan was that after the trip, I'd just pay her back. Mm -hmm. So you had no idea the flights were even purchased. And then for a couple of months, I was kind of padding um, travel other, like, other things in the budget that I knew Jonathan wouldn't spend because they were like things we were saving for. And I would just kind of take out cash every single month. And the money would like disappear, but I was saving it in a cash envelope Mm -hmm. so that when we came to this trip, all of a sudden all the money was there and it didn't have like, you didn't suspect anything because there weren't a bunch of like, I had no idea. There weren't a bunch of debit card transactions to follow the trail. So, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so many workarounds and ways to surprise a spouse. Sure. So now that that's out of the way, let's get, all right. So you don't need that separate account or whatever it is to, to be a great spouse and give surprises. Let's talk more about kind of the sticky situation that we're here about mm-hmm. financial infidelity. Yep. So uh, there, I want to just also again, preface this with there's a spectrum here, right? There's target bags snuck under the bed. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there's also clearing out the retirement account and running off. <laughs> like and leaving the other person high and dry. A little bit different. <laughs> a little bit different. But at the heart of each of those is this desire to hide the financial details from the other. Um, you know, a lot more common examples that would maybe be seen in households would mm-hmm. be, you know, hiding a purchase or having a secret bank account, um, hiding bills or cash from a spouse. But it can go to those extreme lengths. Like, lying about the amount of money you owe on debt. This one is actually really common. We have Mm -hmm. people that come and they say, we've been married 10 years and all of a sudden they've disclosed that they actually had a credit card or these student loans the whole freaking time and I never knew about it. It can be that extreme. It could be lying about the income earned. I've heard cases of spouses literally not reporting to the other one how much they earn. They only say they get 3000 a month, but they actually were getting five and mm. they're just sneaking the other portion away for themselves. That's not fair. Um, and there could be a variety of reasons behind, behind the lying and it's lying, right? Mm-hmm. It could be an addiction. It could be shame of just like, you feel like you're bad with money and you, you know, you make unwise decisions and you know, you're kind of out of control and you don't have a plan. And you kind of just are at the whim of your impulses and like you feel bad about it mm-hmm. and you don't want your spouse to know about it. And maybe you have a spouse that would kind of shame you if because maybe they're like a super disciplined person or something like that. There could be resentment in the relationship. There could be entitlement. Mm-hmm. There could be greed. There could be revenge. You name it. There could be a lot of reasons behind this and really getting to the heart of that is critical because no matter how many tips, tricks, or strategies you apply, and we're going to talk about those in a second here, if you never get to the heart of why you started um, hiding financial information in the first place, it's just bound to happen again. Mm-hmm. And so that's that's probably the biggest thing to work through. Sure. And these decisions, is that what's going on here, isn't simply 
a financial transaction. There's stuff behind it. So by getting into that and talking about that, figuring out that, working through it, like that's going to help your relationship. Mm -hmm. This isn't simply just about your bottom line. It's about you guys together. So right. we're going to talk about strategies to overcome it if it's if it's happened or is happening. We're also going to be talking right now quick about how to prevent it before it ever begins. So, yeah. so let's talk about ways to uh, overcome it if it's happening. So first, yeah. you, like, disclose all financial information. Don't just let it out in little bits and pieces. What was discovered here? What was there? Like, it's going to come out anyway. It's and instead of having <clears throat> multiple successive um, disclosures over time, each one of like, I thought that was the last one, but here's another one. Like, just do it all. Just rip the bandaid off. Do it all at once. Get mm -hmm. it over with. Yep. Talk about why, whatever it was, what what circumstances led to it and why it happened. I think it's important for the other spouse to know kind of that context around what was going on with you um, and what was going on in the relationship. And maybe, you know, there are some things, if you're the spouse that has had, has been the one creating financial infidelity, um, the other one might have some play in it as well. So it, it takes two to tango here, right? Mm -hmm. It's usually not just all the blame is on one person. There's multiple factors in there, and you have got to discuss that. In addition to ripping the Band-Aid off and letting the light in on all the actual numbers, you've got to talk about motives, reasons, and context for how it happened. Mm -hmm. And just be upfront, honest, maybe first with yourself in what's going on and why, and then with the other person. You don't, don't feel any sort of a pressure to to make up a new reason or a better reason or they won't be as mad if I said it was because of this like just say what it was what was actually going on even if maybe you're not quite sure your spouse loves you they're going to help you figure this out and walk through it right um another thing would be to just acknowledge the seriousness that this can have in your marriage and decide together to fiercely protect your marriage you might even go to the lengths of signing a contract together like we view our money as a collective whole. It's our money. Mm -hmm. It's our debt. It's our whatever. Mm -hmm. There's no more me. There's no more you. It's us together. And we're on the same page. And we vow to be keeping each other in the know. Again, not about what toothpaste you bought. Mm -hmm. But when we're going to spend money, we make sure that it, we're accountable to one another. And that at any given moment, if the other person wants to know the details about any transaction we've ever created... They can because it's ours. Mm -hmm. And then sign that document together. That's right. And that is what you cling to to protect your marriage from this happening again. Mm -hmm. And moving forward, that understanding that you're doing this together. It's your money. It's your assets, your losses, your debts, your everything. It's just mm -hmm. both of yours together, no matter where it came from or who swiped the card or signed the paper or whatever it is. Right. And so, so just knowing that okay, it's ours, move forward together as one unit, right? That's what you are. And now also, hey, going back to that idea of acknowledging the seriousness of this. Something mm -hmm. happened. There was a breach of trust and not just financially. Depending on the situation in your relationship, hey, it might be helpful to go talk to somebody about it. Right. And not just a financial person, not just a financial planner or counselor or listening to this or whatever, but someone for your relationship that's really good mm -hmm. and knows and has done it with other people, whether it was finances, who, who knows what else, but there's that breakdown in trust and repairing that relationship. Certainly, you can have some conversations, the two of you, and get through some of that stuff, 
sometimes you might need somebody else there to help you go through some of that and that's totally cool and totally fine like that's their job that's their expertise when your car needs some help you go to the car expert your relationship needs some work go to the relationship expert because they've done this before and it's going to be right specifically easier. who a counselor a counselor yes i don't know if you'd actually Sorry. said that yet yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's like in like in Frozen, right? He's like, oh yeah, they're love experts, and then just some trolls. So, yeah, don't go to the trolls. <laughs> go see a counselor. Yes, a counselor, and because it'll be faster, easier, and better than probably doing it on your own. Right. Okay. So that's kind of how you would heal if it's actually happening or happened, mm-hmm. and how you overcome it. How do you just all out prevent it? Mm-hmm. And even for those who have had experiences with it occurring, these are things you should immediately implement. For those of you who have not experienced financial infidel in your relationship, these are also things this you should immediately is implement. In what you should immediately <laughs> implement. So, first off, joint accounts. Absolutely, and it just one it it clears out any room for secrets <clears throat> and hiding mm-hmm. things and all this stuff. Two, it's just easier. I do you not have one understand. bank account to keep track of. Oh my gosh, I don't. I just don't understand people out there who recommend like you have a his checking you have a her checking you have a her savings you have a his savings you have a his um vacation you have a her va- like 19 bank accounts Just have a bank like account what keep it in your budget so really yeah that whole keep it simple stupid principle mm-hmm. like just make it easy because it's gonna be easier to actually keep up with in your life joint accounts just if, if you have nothing to hide from your spouse as long as you're living in a, um, if, if you've decided that these are our assets together, you have nothing to hide from them and you've, you're now on the same page. And so have a checking account together and have a savings account together. That's so much And easier. then if you're using a good quality budget software, we use YNAB, mm-hmm. it is going to help you keep track of all the money that's in those accounts and what they actually belong to in the budget. Mm-hmm. You don't need six savings accounts because you've got a budget software that's going to tell you in the one budget account how it's divvied up into six categories. Mm-hmm. So much easier. Guys. So much easier. Oh no 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 no! <laughs> yeah, I know. Yes, and part, so speaking of budget, that's the next thing, right? You have all your money together, one spot, and then you together work on planning how that money will be used. Mm-hmm. So that um, you, you you're creating the budget, you're creating your plan. You're executing it, you're tracking it, you're reviewing it. All of that's done together. Right. So you both see what's going on. You both have a say because maybe, right, it's like, well, I never get any money for the stuff I want to do. It's like, So you feel well, like you, you got to sneak it in. So talk about it when you're setting right. your budget. And yeah, maybe it's not a great idea for you to spend as much as you want, but I'm sure that you'll be able to find the right amount for right. whatever category it is. And each person has particular categories that they like more than others. Exactly. And I think, again, the reason it's it's coming up with an amount together. So maybe there's one person in the relationship that, you know, once they don't spend ever. But when they do, one time a year, they want a designer handbag. That's going to be mm. $275. And the other person, they don't like to buy tons of big stuff. They just want to go to Starbucks once a week. Well... They might actually equal each other, mm-hmm. like the amounts. 
So figuring that out together and agreeing like, okay, we have different spending habits, but that's okay. I'm going to fund the way that you want to spend some fun money and then we're going to budget in so that once a year I can make my big purchase. Again, you are going to be having to talk about your personalities, mm-hmm. your spending habits, your values, your goals as a couple together. And that budget is going to be the mirror that you constantly look at that's going to reflect back to you the health of your financial relationship and ultimately your marriage relationship. Mm -hmm. Yep. So so financial infidelity, whether it has happened, is happening, or you hope to never have it happen, Mm -hmm. is something that you need to just address, prepare for, and uh, do a couple simple things to make sure it's not part of your life. Right. Now, again, we want to mention if you are engaged or you're a newlywed couple, maybe within the first year or two of your marriage, and you want to make sure that you get on the same page. This episode is sponsored by the new beta course that we're going to run about getting on the same page as couples. Mm -hmm. And it can be found at WalletWin.com slash same page. Same page. Or there's a link in the show notes. You can just look at those, click it right now, and sign up. You can apply to be part of that special beta program. We want to just open it up. We have a lot of interest. So you want to Mm -hmm. get you in if if you're interested in it and it's going to be a good fit for you. Right. So do that, and we'll see you in that program. If you've enjoyed today's episode, why don't you go ahead and, uh, what do they do again? Subscribe. <laughs> so if you're on YouTube watching it, subscribe, like, uh, you can share it with your friends. If you're, if you're listening to the podcast, make sure you, you do subscribe in your favorite podcast uh, app, and you leave a review for us in Apple Podcast. It really helps other people find the show. Yep, and you can find us on Facebook or Instagram um, at WalletWin. Mm-hmm. And hey, maybe you uh, tell us about some of those revelations that you've been having listening to the podcast. Tag us in your IG stories, and we'd love to go on the financial journey with you. Until next time. Bye for now, y'all. Thanks for joining us today. You can learn more about this show and the WalletWin program at WalletWin.com. Music in this episode is from Dylan Gardner. Listen to his new album, Almost Real, on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your music. See you next week.